Cougs house. All right. The Houston Cougars have a pair of quarterbacks and a lot of decisions to make, but they might have already made it. You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainter, that'll break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater against that by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can lay us in the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. If you're here, it is good to see you. Again, uh, remember you can hit subscribe down below. We're giving away something every 250 subscribers on YouTube. We are just, just, just barely over 1,400. So hit subscribe to make sure we get there and like and comment on the video to make sure that we know you're entered in the contest. If after hearing about a pair of Houston quarterbacks and an update on the basketball team today, you are not so sure about what to say, tell us what, well, based on what we've eaten today here, tell us what your torches order is. All right. So, um, couple things to tackle today. Uh, I should also point out as far as contests go, if we get 2,000 for the TCU game as the first game of the Big 12, uh, we'll be giving away one of the Houston Cougar uh, football jerseys has the Big 12 logo on it. Um, so make sure we, we get there too. Now, today's episode is going to be looking at the quarterback battle. Uh, we'll use battle without air quotes for now, but it may need some air quotes very quickly. And you'll hopefully get more of that in a moment. Uh, we're talking about the leading candidate in the clubhouse and why in the opening segment. The second segment about the quarterback 1B. I'm using 1B, not 2, because I think that's very intentional. And why it's important to hold a competition here. And then in the third segment, we talk about Houston Gugerman's hoops as they wrapped up their trip or the basketball portion of their trip to Australia over the weekend with a pair of games that were both live streamed at 4 and 3 a.m. respectively, um, and kind of, you know, some final thoughts on that. Uh, I'm still working to see maybe we talk to somebody else about basketball later this week and kind of what we learned about the team from that. But want to kind of make sure if you weren't up at 3 or 4 a.m., you have some clue on to, as to what's going on. But first, let's talk about Donovan Smith, the leader in the clubhouse to play quarterback for the Houston Cougars this fall. Now, last spring, it's worth pointing out that uh, quarterback Mike Burchette, uh, quarterback coach Mike Burchett, uh Dana Holgerson, for what it's worth, even Iman Yagavi and the guys on the roster, and frankly, the guys I talked to the watch practice, uh, some of you on the inside were saying that like they really did get Donovan Smith and backup Lucas Coley. Both did get equal reps throughout the spring. They both got 50-50 reps with the first teamers. They both really, really did get to split time to see what was going to happen. So when throughout the spring, Dana Holgerson, head coach, would tell the media it was a true competition and that they really were having a split set of reps. That really is what was happening. I don't mean to say that like he was pulling our you know leg the whole time, but when they did not have a spring game because of weather and NCAA things and stuff like that, and we had a whole episode back when that happened, we go check out if you want to reference it back in the catalog. Um, we didn't get to see the fruit of that competition break out. And so, uh, as we've gotten closer to the season at Big 12 Media Days, throughout the co course of interviews over the course of the day, uh, the course of interviews over the course of the day, there's probably a better way to say that, but over the course of the day, Dana Horgerson and um, other the players that were there, everyone commented that it seemed like 
Donovan Smith at that point in mid-July was the leader in the clubhouse. And now they're a week into practice, and it seems like things are still moving that way. Um, Dana Holgerson said at Media Days that he'd be surprised if it's not Donovan Smith. He is the leader in the clubhouse. Um, and I think the reference point that they keep making since that day in mid-July is the key difference is just games played. Donovan Smith has played in 21 games as a Big 12 quarterback. Um, now, he did just play one season of quarterback in high school. Uh, he played. He was an all-state wide receiver at the famed program Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, Nevada, before moving to Friendship in the Panhandle of Texas. And he played quarterback his senior year as uh, the quarterback there at Friendship, and then went to Texas Tech. Did not uh, was registered for his freshman year in 2020, um, and then in 2021 he came in and you know played as the starter for most of the games he was there. And for what it's worth, as a freshman, as a redshirt freshman, and just his second year of games playing the position as a full time quarterback, he did like win the Liberty Bowl MVP, and he did uh, you know complete 61 percent of his passes, and like like he he did show some promise. Then And then the following season, obviously, we saw him as Houston Cougars up close and personal and a, a double overtime loss that I think is fairly safe to say Houston probably should have won. But we saw him up close and personal, right? We saw him make the play at the end of the game to win Texas Tech that game. We also saw him make similar plays, what it's worth, against other Big 12 competition, namely UT Austin, right? So like we've seen him do these things as a starting quarterback. And that experience continues to be something that Dana and frankly, for what it's worth, other players at Media Day and other people talking to the media after practices and things like that, like people keep referencing he just carries himself differently. He has the level of confidence of a guy that has been a starter for a while. And so it's worth pointing out that that is important when you're being a quarterback because you got to have to like maintain composure and keep things going across the field and like kind of, you know, be the heartbeat of the team. And so you need to be ready to go and experience and understand what you are doing now um i did mention he was an all-state wide receiver and he is an athletic guy we're talking measured play see him measured places between six four and six five seeing lists between 240 and 250 um and admittedly i guess he did turn the ball some over as a sophomore last year at tech but you gotta remember that was his fourth year being a quarterback right and i think that in his junior season as a quarterback here at the university of houston it's going to be his fifth year being a quarterback, so one more year with it. But he also is working with a co- coach in Mike Burchett that has been on Dana Hogan for a while and has you know play, worked with guys like Toon and stuff like that in the past. But also, and perhaps more importantly, working with Dana Holgerson himself. Dana Holgerson has led a number of different quarterbacks to great success, whether they were very talented or not. Um, and so to, the idea that he gets to work with an athlete like Donovan Smith, I think, excites a lot of people about this offense further even if he were not the guy and i think he is the guy but even if donovan smith were not the guy i think it's fair to say that they'd at least trot him out there in goal line and red zone and short yard situations because of the dual threat he offers so he was never going to be far from the field so it's kind of comforting to know that he's also claimed or appears to be near claiming the starting role um now, I, I think that it's interesting to watch and this season be a season of growth for Donovan. He's in the Big 12, so I don't know how, be, how much that'll be for him to grow in that instance. But I do think it's worth pointing out that like we've seen him do intangible things in his career, right? Things that you can't teach. You obviously can't teach his size. I guess that's something like you just see him walk in the room and have that. But he 
runs over linebackers in the red zone or deeks defensive linemen in the backfield or like if you're a safety or corner good luck stay in front of this guy right like there are just things he does running the football as a quarterback that make him different and one of the reasons i think it makes a difference is not just because again as a sophomore he completed or as a freshman as a redshirt freshman he completed 61 percent of his passes as a redshirt sophomore he completed 66 percent of his passes or what have you um he can complete the football uh, it's not just that for me as I look at his game, though. It's also that a guy of his caliber athlete makes the defense account for the quarterback in a way that they're playing a true 11-on-11 kind of game. We saw this when Houston had Greg Ward, different kind of runner, obviously, um, but Greg Ward put different pressures on defenses than other guys before and after him at Houston, right? Um, frankly, one of my complaints about Toon is Toon was a better athlete than people gave him credit for. They just didn't run him a whole heck of a lot because he was so talented throwing the ball, and they have so much talent at the wide receiver positions that they let him pick people apart with his arm. However, <laughs> uh, we saw in different moments when Toon was able to let loose with his legs, it added a dimension to this offense that honestly was hard to stop. Donovan brings that from day one. And so what I'm looking forward to seeing out of Donovan is growth, maturity, and keeping the ball in the right team's hands. And I think that will come with age because, again, he's only played the position a handful of years. And those exciting plays where it's third and two and he's rolling out to his right or third and two and it looks like the pocket's collapsing and something big happens because they either didn't account for him in his athleticism or and accounting for him as his athleticism, something else in the defense breaks down. Now, in the second segment, I want to talk about why Lucas Coley is option 1B, not 2, and what this competition brings to the guys. But first, I want to make sure we talk about adding great players to your team, like Donovan Smith, Lucas Coley. And the best place to do that is, of course, LinkedIn Jobs, because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs should find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you can enter a new stratosphere like the Big 12 and bring in the kind of employees that have been there before, like a Donovan Smith for the Houston Cougars, you should do it, and you should do it fast, and you should do it at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, if you find the qualified candidates, you want to talk to faster. Post a job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. I mentioned that I'm looking at Lucas Coley as option 1B, and I think this competition is a very good thing for them. And I think it's the pointing out that like Lucas Coley has not started anywhere near the kind of football games that Donovan Smith has. He did not see the field at Arkansas when he was there, and he saw, I think he threw like three pass attempts last year as a Houston Cougar. Right. But he did transfer into the Houston system a year earlier and has thus been under the Dana Holgerson umbrella of quarterbacks for a year longer. They did split reps 50-50 in the spring. And for what it's worth, I thought in watching him put the ball over the middle of the field, there were moments that it did not look like Lucas Coley was certainly a smaller guy. I thought he put the ball over the middle of the field better in a lot of ways than Donovan Smith. I think Donovan Smith's probably better working the edges, but that's you know tit for tat. We'll diagnose that when the game start. I think that it is worth pointing out that even with the reports at, at media days in mid-July, but, oh, Smith is the leader in the clubhouse, and what does that mean for quarterback competition? Blah, 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 blah. People asking uh, Jack Freeman or Patrick Paul about Donovan Smith and all those kinds of things. Um, 
the outlook from Lucas has been continually positive. He came into camp ready to compete. Uh, he continues to carry himself throughout camp as a competitor first. He has continued, continued, continued to push as if he were the guy. And you could not ask for something better out of an option 1B. And I say 1B because, frankly, while the reps might not quite be 50-50 at this point, although reports indicate they are, I just as a realist would be like they're probably a little bit different than that. Um, you can't ask for more out of a backup or an option 1B because in any football game, any position, you know, as I always tell the kids I would coach, you're a broken shoelace away from going in the game. Right. And at quarterback, that is super, super important because you can't have a bunch of roller coaster ups and downs and that kind of stuff as far as what's happening with your quarterback. You have to have someone that is calm, cool, and collected, ready to orchestrate the offense, get the ball where it needs to go, and keep it moving. Lucas is not the same caliber running athlete, running quarterback athlete as Donovan Smith is. Donovan Smith is a giant. However, um, he's not unathletic. He is not a stiff back there. He is able to move around, able to move around the pocket. And frankly, if they were, you know, a true old 1970s running quarterback team where you just pound the ball up the middle, they offer a little bit of a thunder lightning kind of effect, right? Like uh, Lucas has a little bit more wiggle to him on the perimeter. So you go back and watch high school tape uh, than Donovan really showed and stuff like that. Um, Lucas has a really like strong base. And so we'll be interested to see what that adds to his game. But on the whole, I think it's worth pointing out that he is approaching by all accounts of people you talk to that are there and approaching by all accounts of the things he's saying to the media, this job as if it were his. And I think that's perfect for what's going on because frankly, even if Donovan Smith starts the first four or five games out the gate, you could get to, I don't know, let's say Kansas state week. And he is, let's say Donovan Smith has not fixed his turnover problem or it's creeping back up. Maybe he had it fixed the first couple of weeks and it's creeping back up. So people are figuring him out on tape or whatever. You can put Lucas Coley in for a quarter. You can put Lucas Coley in for half and be like, listen, Donnie, we got to get this right. Right. And you can work those kind of things out. Lucas has proven that he can handle that kind of a load at the very least, if not more. And I think that, again, while they offer slightly different things that they're good at with throwing the ball, again, I think they put it in different parts of the field better than one another. Um, I think that Coley's leadership continues to be impressive to me. Or I know it's impressive to me. I think it's impressive enough, though, that he's worth mentioning as a 1B option because he's not really a 2 option. Whoever loses this competition, and again, it feels like Donovan Smith is winning it, um, is really not a loser so much as just not the winner. And so I feel like that's got to be where we put Lucas Coley at 1B. Um, now, this idea of competition, though, for Coley, and why I want to wrap the football talk for the day, continues to be that um, this idea of competition is not going away. They're not you're just going to hand over all the star reps to Donovan Smith anytime soon, and Lucas Coley is not just going to lose all of his starter reps very, very quickly, or vice versa. They're going to continue to compete because, as Dana Holgerson told us a number of times at Media Days, when talking to some of his best alumni quarterbacks from his career as a coach, they all said, let the kids compete until you have to make a decision, and then let them figure out. It'll be obvious, right? Um, those quarter- and He mentioned Case Keenum as the guy I talked to in that instance, but I would trust Dana on this. Dana has worked with a number of quarterbacks that have set coll collegiate records. He's for all of the faults you want to put on Dana Holgerson, you can find 
No better person to work with college quarterbacks from Graham Harrell when he was the co-OC at Texas Tech. Uh, Case Keenan when he came through with Houston the first time around, obviously. Um, Brandon Whedon in Oklahoma State. Geno Smith at West Virginia. He even had Clint Trickett and Will ha- and Skylar Howard both looking like acceptable guys at West Virginia. Will, uh, Will Greer had uh, one year that was like 34 touchdowns and 12 picks, and one year was 37 touchdowns and 8 picks. That's incredible for a guy that like didn't stick in the like. This is not a guy that was a pro caliber quarterback by any stretch. That was Dana Holgerson's working magic with Will Greer. Um, and after surviving the Derek King debacle and things like that at Houston, we saw Clayton Toon the last two seasons go for thirty five hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, thirty touchdowns and ten picks in his uh, in twenty twenty one, and then in twenty twenty two he had four thousand yards, forty touchdowns and ten picks. So, like we've seen the production out of guys that work with Dana Holgerson. We have no reason to believe this competition is going to yield anything different. And frankly, for whatever it's worth, we also know that both Lucas Coley and Donovan Smith have earned his respect because, honestly, Dan Hogerson is not the kind of guy that's afraid to say, show his cards and say what they're going to play, right? And so the idea that he's kept it close to the chest this long I think does imply this competition is very real. He's a guy that does understand the position as well as anyone in America. And I think that means we're in good hands, folks. I really do think that amongst a bunch of other reasons that we're going to continue to tackle this week, the Houston Cougar football program is going to surprise a lot of people this fall that don't know the names on the roster yet. People look at last year's team and like, what, they won eight and five in the American Athletic Conference, and they don't factor in that over 40 faces on the roster are new, and that's worth pointing out. And Whoever is taking the snap this year will be as well. And while it's hard to replace Clayton Toon, you don't do it in a season, I don't think they're going to take a giant step back. That was, I think it's going to be a step forward. I mean, it's hard to take a step forward. Pastor Clayton Toon was, again, last year, 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 10 picks. But I think they're going to take at least have the same kind of guy. I don't think they're taking a bunch of step backwards at all. Now, I mentioned in the third segment that I want to talk some about basketball because – the Houston Cougar men's team did wrap up the playing basketball portion of the Australia trip on early, early Sunday morning. So let's jump on in and talk some in the third segment about basketball. Shift gears a little bit. Now, the basketball team does not play real games until, uh, I guess, uh, early November. Um, if it's like normal, it's early November. But they did play a handful of exhibition games in Australia. They played an all-star team in their opening game and won by over 30. They then played the Australian national team, which features 10 NBA players on it, and lost by 30. We've covered both of those somewhat quickly in past episodes, but since our last talk, they played two teams of the weekend, um, an Australian select team, OSA, AUSA, and uh, Frankston, the Frankston Blues, an NBL1 team. And in both, Houston won by 30 or more. And for what it's worth, in my notes here, some things that stuck out to me, one... Um, I am really, 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 really liking what I'm seeing out of two guys. Well, more than two guys, but two guys I think we got to mention. One, Malik Wilson. You remember Malik Wilson last year, transferred in and then redshirted, did not play last season, but we heard at various media availabilities and things like that, Coach Kelvin Sampson pointing out that Malik Wilson was the best defender on the team and that he was you know, giving Malik credit for working the guys so hard at practice as a redshirt guy and things like that. That is showing up more and more as you watch him in these Australia screens. They're all still on YouTube. If you want to go watch the ones that were televised, they are on YouTube. 
but um, you're seeing more and more. De- I mean, he had seven steals against the Australian select team. Um, he's long, he's strong. He's got crazy quick, like fast twitch and he's got great bounce. And what I call a second leap, because in basketball, it's so important, like be able to explode forward and then it quickly burst up. He's got the great second leap. Um, incredible, incredible athlete. I loved watching him play more like a backup point guard when Jamal Shedd came off the floor. They offer very different skill sets, obviously, both crazy athletic. Um, but I really, really like what I saw to Malik Wilson offensively and defensively. Um, obviously, it's not like Jamal Shedd is going to lose the starting point guard role by any stretch, but it's nice to have that in your back pocket to go to a couple different guard plays or, or you know a little bit longer guard or whatever. There was one lineup that went out there where they had Wilson at the point, Terrence Arsenault, Ramon Walker, and then they had, in that instance, it was Tugler and Jawan Roberts, and they were it looked like they were huge, right? Because Malik Wilson's a little bit bigger, Terrence Arsenault's a little bit bigger, Ramon Walker plays a little bit bigger, right? And they had a giant feeling lineup out there that honestly is just something that and I line up with Jamal Shedd and LJ Cryer can't offer. I mentioned Cryer. He's not the second guy I wanted to highlight, but I should point out that Cryer is going to fill up the bas- fill up the basket this year, folks. He can flat shoot it. That guy can freaking score. It's going to be exciting. He's not quite the defender that Marcus Sasser was, so if you're looking for the true two-way thing there, that might not be exactly the same, but he seems even smoother on his jump shot. Now, it's going to be different offense this year. I imagine the ball is in Jamal Shedd's hands a lot more, um, even more so than it was last year. And, you know, Emmanuel Sharp's going to play a lot more and he catch and shoot and those kind of things. But that was fun to watch. But the second guy I actually wanted to highlight was Jojo Tugler. Now, Tugler is listed at 6'8 on most sites. Not a giant. Not a giant bane stretch. But that wingspan makes, and his motor, the combination of those two things make up for so, so, so much. I mean, against that Frankston Blues professional team, the NBA one team, he is diving on the floor for rebounds, poking balls out of the air and deflections, you know, really, really getting his hand, his fingerprints on the basketball as often as possible. Those hustle plays are really, really impressive to watch out of a kid that literally just got to campus in June, right? Imagine what an offseason of continued work when they get back to campus with Coach Kellen Sampson, who works the bigs individual time. Imagine what that will look like by the time he gets to October and true preseason and those kinds of things. I mean, this kid is going to be special. It's nice to have a Cypress kid here on the right, like a Cypress kid, right? Like, that's nice. That's a good thing to have. It feels nice to have the kids from home. Same with Arsenal being from Beaumont, right? But at the end of the day, it's also just nice because he plays Houston Cougar basketball all right. Like innately, he's coming with the kind of motor that Houston Cougar basketball is all about. And it's really, really special to see that kind of thing work out. He plays a four and a five. I like seeing his perimeter defense when they put him in there with Javier Francis. Uh, they put Francis down to low block and let Tugler roam around the perimeter some. He did a great job. He's not he's not Jairus Walker, but he did do a great job of coming from the help side to help block some shots and deflect some shots and distract some shots and things like that. Um, I don't know if we'll have a six-block March Madness game as a freshman like Jairus did, but I do think he's going to fill a stat. He's going to have a couple blocks here, a handful of rebounds there, a couple of assists, and a couple of dunks every 15 minutes he's in the basketball game. I don't know where his minutes fit in. I know that Javier Francis was hurt throughout the trip there, so he didn't play in the first game, but then did play 12 minutes in the second game, and like he broke the teens in the next couple games as well. And so where his minutes shape out, I think will shape where Tugler plays. But I like that Tugler's flexible, that with Javier, he plays the four, and with Juwan, he plays the five, and that flexibility may get him on the floor 
faster. As far as the freshman big scopes, we've been tracking that. Um, Jacob McFarland does look like he made some time in the redshirt guy because he got kind of tossed around a little bit from his just his weight class. You know, he's continuing to gain weight, and I think once he's in the right weight class, he will be very, very good. He's very, very talented, has very good touch, and sees the floor very well. And what I liked about when he got knocked around was he's competitive to get up and want to knock other people around. Like those are good things. He just has to go gain some weight. And then said a lot has to gain some more you know, time on task. He needs to spend some more time in the gym, work on his touch and those kinds of things. Um, I mentioned a handful of guys. We're going to keep going out again. I want to talk in a full basketball only episode at some point this week to really recap what we, we learned over the course of the week. Um, but Emmanuel Sharp shot over 35% from three in every single game. Um, he's looking good. He's looking better. Uh, I like seeing him, you know, pump fake and drive after a couple of those shots as well. Um, we could talk about LJ Cryer scoring all, all week long, all month long. Um, Damian Dunn, I think is going to fit in very well. He might rotate it off the bench. I can't quite tell if he's going to start or not, uh, which is offering an interesting, uh, you know, who, who, who's that fifth starter kind of guy. Who's that third guard. Um, but Damian Dunn does do some things very, very well, um, and offers some size that the guys don't. Terrence Arsenal, we're still figuring out what position he is. Is he a guard? Is he a forward? Is he is he a big, long guard? Is he an undersized forward? Uh, I think we'll know a lot more about that by December 1st than we will by October 1st, but we'll see. Um, lots of things to talk about here with Houston Cougar basketball, but the guys you got to take away, the impressions you need to take away from the time in Australia were Malik Wilson and JoJo Tugler. Um, those guys are going to be rotational guys, not starters, but guys you're going to want to follow throughout the season for sure. If you had other commentary or things like that you want to tag in on the episode or things you want to hear about, please comment down below. Remember, if you do hashtag every dayer with a question, we'll do our best to somewhat covertly answer it throughout the episode. So make sure you, for, as a reward for getting this far, put hashtag every dayer with a question, and we will do our best to answer those questions. If you like the hoops talk, let me recommend going for your second listen today over to Locked On College Basketball. It's a five times a week national college basketball show here at Locked On, and they do it every single day. They're talking about all kinds of things college basketball every day, so go check out Andy and Isaac over there at Locked On College Basketball. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Locked On Cougs, the primary Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs! Better day, yeah. The hand sign can't do that time. Better day, better day.